It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, Santa! You could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy. On now at APCO. <laughs> Caught by a straight kick. For the first time ever, the Power are into the grand final. They went on to win, as we know, ending that run of three straight from the powerhouse Brisbane Lions side of the early 2000s. They made it again in 2004. And they've, been, they've made it again in 2004. Uh, and they've had a couple of chances along the way to get back into another one. And they might not have been any better than this one uh, as they get set on Saturday night to take on the Western Bulldogs and hopefully be able to go on for their sake and their fans' sake to claim their second ever AFL Grand Final. The man that was there in 2004 for that prelim and then for the triumphant Grand Final a week later is one of our very own AFL Nations, Daryl Wakelin, who's been good enough to join me. Daryl, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. How are you, mate? Oh, look, I'm very well. How does it feel? Uh, when, where does your mind go back to when you hear those final moments of that prelim against the Saints in 2004? Yeah, epic. Absolute epic final, wasn't it? I see the top top uh, ten prelims being played uh, through KO and different ones this week. So that that was certainly right up there. It was a huge a huge sense of relief after that game. We'd worked so hard for such a long time. I think we finished top the last three years with sixteen and seventeen wins. Seventeen wins in that coming into that final series of two thousand and four. So incredible relief and a, a huge reward to get an opportunity to play in the club's first AFL grand final. The um, the pressure on you guys was pretty substantial, wasn't it? As you mentioned, you, your own major yeah. sponsor had accused you of choking after you'd been able to, as you say, be minor premiers at a time when Brisbane won three straight. You guys were getting the minor premierships and they were getting the premierships. Um, to get through yeah. to this grand final, the elation, I remember at the end of it, just etched across the faces of all of you and the celebrations that ensued. But it was looking like another nervous moment, wasn't it? Saints got you early and then the catalyst occurred when Garrett kicked his 100th for the year and the the ground invasion goes down in folklore now as a real momentum change in that game. Definitely. And uh, I was obviously on Fraser. I think he needed four or five. So he's, he's got them away. I think he hit three in the first and two in the second, got them away pretty quick and, Oh, he might, may have needed three, got them in the first quarter, but uh, it just stopped things and enabled us to reset. Harvey and, and James were going head-to-head in quite an incredible encounter. Harvey probably the better of him slightly in that first half, but then we swung it back and a couple huge individual performances in that last quarter uh, from Burgoyne and 
some of the most incredible goals, clutch goals you ever see from Gavin Wanganeen. So it got us over the line. But um, two two amazingly consistent, high-performing sides in St Kilda and, and the power that year. Um, but, um, yeah, only one team could win, couldn't it? How were you feeling when <laughs> Fraser got a hold of you uh, pretty well early? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was pretty... I knew early that um, I was playing that sort of... I, I, I was always the target out of full back. And I remember saying to Dean Bailey, who was our backline coach at the time, I said, mate, I said, you sure you want me out as the target? Which we'd been all year. But I knew I was very conscious of Fraser being on the mark and he'd be, you know, if it did go back in and go in fast, that we needed a tool to go across and get him. And anyway, within... I think probably 12 minutes he had three goals, two from them kicking straight back over their heads. So, but that was okay. I, I we knew we had to settle as a backline. There was a lot of ball coming through there early, but we just had to bunker down. We knew we'd get our opportunity and knew we'd get our chance to build some momentum through parts of the game, which we did. When when that happened, when when Fraser got that hundredth goal. Um, I've heard Nick Rewalt speak about it this week, that it just really just took all the momentum away. He said at one point he looked around and there's Stevie Baker chatting to his old man of all people out on the ground. Did you guys gather at that point? And what was the, what was the message internally? What was, um, what were you saying to each other? Well, we knew we, we came together, we grouped together and we knew we, we just couldn't get hold of the footy early. And uh, we knew the Saints were very much a momentum team. They were, they'd played some of the most exciting football that season. Fast-moving side. They had some uh, fantastic you know, superstar uh, targets up front. They had a gun midfield. Uh, I remember Powell going, he, he was having a terrific game yep. through the midfield, as was Andrew Thompson uh, playing a role on, uh, I think, Burgoyne through the middle. So they had a, a lot of bases covered. They had a, a dour back end defensive um end and um but we knew that um we just had to keep coming and um and like i said that gave us an opportunity to to really come together um made a few little changes few little tweaks and uh as i said we knew the momentum would switch and we just had to be patient you then got on a roll and then it was an an amazing arm wrestle uh, after that i mean um you, you went in Turn for home with a, a point the difference, if I remember correctly. And and it, you mentioned the, the Wanganeen goals, which will live on uh, in Port Adelaide history. But I, I was watching it again today and my mind just kept going back to, and I just kept replaying the Sean Burgoyne lunge to deny Brent Guerra, who just had a regulation soccer off the ground from the top of the goal square. And that would have been it, you'd think. Um, but, yeah, and I often look at that vision vision and one absolutely most incredible effort by Sean Burgoyne and uh, one of the greats of our club um, but I also had a sense that Guerra passed had and only the year before gone to St Kilda along with the exit of um, Nick Stevens at the end of 2003 and I just felt a sense that he didn't really want to finish that goal I don't know <laughs> you look you go back and look on it and it was like he didn't really want to go in and go for the dagger. And at the same time, it was like he hesitated. And then Sean Bergon just swooped and uh, took that opportunity the, for the finest of margins. And just after that, there was a stoppage where you were able to... Fraser Garrick took it off the ruck contest. 
and and yep. and, and uh, was it Dom Cassisi that that laid the tackle? Um, yep, got yeah, him, got him, got, got and, and got and... him good. And, and he tried to just burst through him, and 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 that was a pivotal moment too. And then you're able just to slow it down and uh, to get that win. It was one hell of a game, and rightly sits up there in the the pantheon of, of great prelims. Um, when go you go. There was some massive moment. There were some massive long balls that were coming in in that last quarter, and uh, Chad Corns had taken um, Rewalt for most of the night. Chad was all Australian centre half back, obviously that year. But uh, there was a bit of shuffle going on because he could just he just kept run, he could just run so hard and so far. Nick Rewalt and Ch- Chad could match it with him, but um, there was certainly some handover with Bishop taking a little bit of him at times as well. But um, yeah, some of them long balls coming in, it was uh, pretty nervous times for sure. Daryl, since then, and you were able to get that flag a, a week later, it was, uh, you know, obviously a watershed moment for the club. 2014, it was another nail biter, a three point loss to the Hawks, four goals, two kicked, in that last quarter, what might have been, Ruffy got six in that. I remember that game like it was yesterday. I couldn't believe what was unfolding. Hawks were 29 points up with 11.27 to go, uh, and it just evaded you then. It just evaded them last year against the Tigers, a, a six-point loss in a low-scoring one. How do you feel like Porter is well-placed coming into this game as they have been in a long time? Yeah, for sure. I mean... the they go back to 2014, the Hodge smother on Ebert. It was yeah. incredible. And yep. that's what the great players do. They, ha- they they pick the moments and they just smother and they, they know when the big moments are there. I, I'd like to think that we've got, coming into this uh, weekend, that we've got some experienced players who they know the big moments and they know that if it does come down to that, they know that they need to stand up as they have the last couple of games quite incredibly no doubt, right from the start against Geelong two weeks ago, but more importantly, the Bulldogs game previous to that. So they're in as good a form as I've seen them with Boak and and um, uh, and uh, Robbie Gray, Ollie Wines going through the middle. And I think they know that they just can't sit back and wait for the game to, to come their way. They've got to go out there and take it. And uh, they're in great enough form. They're very healthy. Everyone's... Seems to be very well conditioned, and um, I think the biggest issue they have is whether they make a change. But I, I, I have a sense that they'll go with the lineup from Geelong, and then um, work out whether Georgie Artis is there as an option uh, as emergency, or whether they'll go Pal Pepper. Yeah, have heard that he might not be yet running at, at full capacity. Uh, is the the word coming out from Tommy Wren in South Australia and Mitch Georgiati? So it would make sense for them to stick with that lineup, but. Um, you mentioned that you've got to be in your best form at the right time of year, and you've mentioned the last two weeks. It seems like they've ramped up perfectly. The knock-on Port Adelaide, Darrell, was that they hadn't beaten the top four side. Well, in, the last two, in their last two games, they've beaten two. Well, the Dogs were at the time, and the Cats were obviously last week. So they couldn't have timed their run. They've got the injured players back, so they get, they've got a bit of luck going their way. And, of course, it's at home. So what's the build-up been like this week around town? Yeah, it's actually been pretty low key. I mean, it's um, I must say it's I mean there's a huge uh, anticipation, but I must say it's sort of it's it's a bit of a relaxed feel. Um, just and just watching some of the footage on TV, listening to the radio programs, I think there's 
certainly you'll look for moments, you look for little signs through the year. And uh, I certainly look back on some of the years uh, when I was both at St Kilda and, and, and the Power. You look for signs in the back half of the year, even when there's you've had a treacherous run as a group of players early in the season, you look for signs in the back half of you know guys coming back, guys building a little bit of form and condition, and we've certainly seen that with Port Adelaide this year. And, and conversely, you've seen it with other sides. They've gone the other way. They've had a terrific run at the front end, but like Geelong have had some critical injuries, and, and, and so has, has, has the Bulldogs. So, and that affects that momentum. And um, so I, I look for signs, and I certainly, like a lot of Port supporters, looking very closely at Montempelli in the rooms after the game up there in Brisbane. So uh, um, he, he won't be at full fitness. And Waitman has, Waitman has been very, very good against Port Adelaide in the past. So he's obviously going to be missing as well. Uh, and Keith, which is good news for Dixon, who he's kept goalless uh, before, I think even most recently in the last game they played. So, Dale, before I let you go, what's the one key thing that Port Adelaide have to get right if they're going to win this prelim and get through uh, to their first grand final since 2007? They need to go out and take the game. They need to get their hands on the footy early through that mid, and that, they need to make that a hustle. And uh, they don't have to win every centre bounce clearance. And, but they need to, you know, as they showed against Geelong, they didn't dominate the centre clearance. In, in fact, Geelong won that centre clearance quite convincingly, but they hustled. They, they made it a scrap and they get their ball into their forward line. And once we do get that ball into the forward line, I think we can really score on the, on the Bulldogs' defence. Wags, you're a star, mate. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much and enjoy Saturday night. It should be uh, an extraordinary night. And I know that uh, Port Adelaide will turn out in big numbers and make it a night to remember. Good on you, Sam. All the best. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.